You're listening to Tarot Visions. You lucky devil. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Rose. How's it going? Not bad. How are you doing? You know, considering we're still kind of here in January in the back Northwest, meaning it hasn't been too hot. We're kind of gravitating still towards overcast days and, and good weather. It's been nice. Well, you know, it's with, with the llamas coming up and all of the warm, kind of getting into that warm, crazy stuff, at least in the Bay Area, we are getting ready for the, the super hot days and the super long, (sighs) wet. Yeah. But you know, Ah, llamas. I like happy llamas. Yes. When they smile and they're fuzzy and yeah. Sorry, listeners, llama jokes. Alpaca jokes. Okay. But my point was, is that, you know, (laughs) we're getting into that time of year where we want to start looking at the harvest and, and you um, said, Hey, I know somebody we need to talk to. And I went, what, what are you talking about? We, We got lots of people to talk to. She said, yes, but but this one yes. has a store called the Awen Tree. Yes. The Awen Tree. Mm-hmm. Intrigued. Tell me more. Well, as I kind of hinted on our last episode about how we were moving our podcast over to Spreaker, mm-hmm. I met some folks out east on my Massachusetts trip. Oh, nice. Okay. So I was staying with Carolyn Cushing, who lives in East Hampton, mm-hmm. and she literally walked me up to a store one day called the Awen Tree. Wow. And oh, it was nice. It's it's not as big as many of the pagan stores you might think are out there, at least not the ones I've been to. It's it was cozy. And it had stones Uh-oh. and books mm-hmm. and decks and a couple of practitioners. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was. The proprietor dress, I guess I would have to call her. Winifred is just such a bubbly, fun person to talk to. And, you know, we don't really talk about tarot in stores. Or I don't think we haven't yet. Yeah. So I thought, I thought, you know, we need to get her on here. I got to know more about, you know, how she's done this, how she set it up. So, So then how do you propose we bring her in? Well, I mean, are you going to cast a circle? We could. I mean, I usually do it with tarot cards and stuff. How do you usually cast your circles? Oh, not with tarot cards. With water, salt, and fire, and mm. incense. But folks can't see that. No. I was thinking of maybe, like, cooler weather. Because I know right now the East Coast is, like, really, really hot. Yeah. And I think she would like a little bit of cooler weather. So maybe, you know, if we get out, like, squirt... No, not squirt guns, but, like squirt bottles or something okay so yeah we can spray the the air all right we call upon the powers that will bring us winifred from alwyn tree winifred east hampton come join us in the cool circle winifred winifred i feel someone calling me hey Oh, oh hey, Winnie! Hey. How's it going? I'm I'm a little steamy hot, but good. Thank you. Oh, come on and push cold air at you. Yes, the AC, <laughs> all the air conditioning that our combined homes have. 
Well, it's, it's great to be here. Thank you. Is that yes. why I arrived here on the West Coast? That's yes. awesome. Oh, We're yeah. Hoping. That's why. Because if not, then this is just going to be really strange. <laughs> Excellent. But I'm glad you were able to fit in the circle. I've got the air conditioning up just enough. So hopefully that will help you cool off a little bit. Figure nice. It out. nice. Thank you. I'm You're excited. Welcome. So why don't you just tell us a little about, about yourself and who you are? Oh, that's always such a big question. I would guess I would best identify as an eclectic or solitary pagan. Mm-hmm. However, I am an eclectic solitary pagan that loves community. So I like to go out to come in, if that makes sense. I like to go in to go out. I've been following a witchcraft pagan craft tradition since my later teenage years. Mm-hmm. My story seems to be kind of similar. Like a lot of unusual things happened in my early childhood and that kind of set me on a path of seeking. Mm-hmm. I was also seeking a lot of personal healing. I was raised not in a church. I was raised by folks that would say they were good Christian people, but they didn't practice. Mm-hmm. So, and we weren't instructed in Christianity and we didn't go to church. So We were raised with more of a direct sense of spirituality. My mom's Irish and my dad's Italian. I call it the Boston mix. (laughs) Nice. When they married, they, um, because my mom's Irish from the north, north of Ireland, and my dad is Italian, they purposely chose to raise their children not in a religion. They had seen some things that made them question that. So we were raised spiritual and independent thinking and spiritually minded, but not within a religion. So that kind of put me in a really neat predisposition. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came to um, all things pagan, not having to shed. I I didn't have to shed uh, past spiritual trauma. Mm -hmm. That's kind of unique, I think, sometimes in my story. Fast forward many years. Well, well, first, in the early days, I I was really into tarot. There was an occult store near where I lived, and my best friend and I went there all the time. That was our big thing. Like, we would always want to go to this occult store in the framing, I think it was the Natick Plaza or something. I'm from Eastern Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And um, we never had the nerve to go behind the little curtain and get a reading, but we definitely wanted cards and we wanted to read and wanted to have the nerve to go behind the little curtain, but um, it seemed very spooky. So, as teenagers, we didn't do that. (laughs) But I got my first deck when I was 16. I always tell people the first 10 years was kind of like a love-hate relationship where I would have a breakthrough and then it would really stump me. And then in my 20s, I met an amazing woman that owned a store that I feel like my store is the daughter of. Mm -hmm. So I very much feel like my store is directly inspired by this beautiful work she was doing. I always kind of had a sense of something I wanted to do and I knew what I would, I knew what it would look like, but I didn't know what it would look like, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was recommended to me to get a, um, my natal chart read. And so I was sent to this shop that it's no longer there. It was in Northampton. Mm-hmm. And the second I walked into the store, I always tell people like, that's like, I knew what I was looking for, but I hadn't seen anyone doing it, but I knew it could be done. It was one of those moments. Right. And I walked in and I was like, this, this is it. This is it. And I didn't, um, I was only in my twenties then. I, I was a single mom and working like in a more corporate kind of job to support my daughter. And so I didn't open my store. Like I didn't do my vision of a store until like I was till 2006 to my late thirties. My big line about opening a pagan store is like, or a magical store is like, I thought I was opening the magic store, but really the magic store was opening me. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, and like my life just kind of very quickly transformed in many ways once I opened the store. So that's kind of the, one aspect of my journey. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that's one aspect. No, it does. I love that. I especially love the idea, like, you know, you don't open the magic store. The magic opens through you. I want to know more about this and your store. Can you tell us how you're able to do this? When I visited 
East and Northampton, they seemed so small to me. I didn't expect to find the community or as many of the uh, magical stores or practitioner type stores as I did around here. How, yeah. how does that work for you? That's a great question. The lesser known part now about the story is that I did have a co-founder for Awentree. My best friend and I, she's still affiliated with the store, but she's not an owner anymore. I always had this big crazy idea and she wanted to do healing work. So she was very much into, she was learning, she was doing Reiki healing and massage work and really drawn to Huna and Hawaiian healing traditions. So I wanted to open um, a pagan store and we were best friends and I, the moment just kind of became clear. It's just one of those mitigating factors kind of came together. And it was clear that now was the time. So I sort of convinced her, I think she might say I conned her. And <laughs> I was like, let's do this together. You know, it was a pretty intense whirlwind experience, especially because we opened in 2006 and the first few years, I mean, you have to work really passionate and very hard when you own a brick and mortar and things are extremely different. It's, it's completely, social media has completely changed the entire landscape of owning a brick and mortar store. But back in those early days, um, the first three years we hustled really hard and we were just getting to our, like kind of like that established, like, phew, we, we were like the legwork is done. And then the, the economy crashed in um, 2009, 2010. And that's also when um, Melissa had met her husband, her now husband, and she moved to four states away. That's where his job was. Um, so I bought out her half. So then I was on my own and it was 2009 and just, we worked out in a really gracious way so that I was able to buy it out from her over time. But I had to definitely do some crazy stuff to keep a small shop open. That's in those early days. I definitely had to work part-time jobs sometimes. I don't know if that's kind of what you're asking, but um, you have to really be passionate about, like I really believe in the mission of what I'm doing. And I think that that's really fueled a lot of it. It does kind of answer it. What is your mission? If we can ask you. I really believe very passionately in earth spiritually oriented traditions, um, whether you identify as pagan or a witch or Wiccan, I really feel like everything is moving more and more towards an inclusivity, like an inclusiveness and really about our own spiritual agency and authenticity, but that it's important to have some grounded foundational. It's very much like tarot in my world. Mm -hmm. While I'm very much an intuitive reader, it's important to under, have like a structure and a, and a knowledge base and be building your knowledge library all the time. It's like an ongoing journey. I feel like practicing the craft is something very similar. So my mission is really about providing like a community, a place for resources, whether those are community, like you're seeking community, you might be seeking supplies, like spiritual supplies. You might be seeking a really good book. I remember as a teenager struggling to find really good books and finding anyone to talk to. You might be looking for a, a healing session where you have Reiki, we do tarot, we do classes. I really wanted to create like an oasis for spiritual seekers to come in and experience like safe, pragmatic, down to earth, authentic help. And that's really what fueled Awentry. And then I also have discovered over time that you end up being a gatekeeper, like where you're really like providing like this mm -hmm. sacred, it's really like a temple and in a, in a, it's street ministry and a temple and community all rolled up in one. I love that. I love that so much. When I walked into the store, it didn't feel like most big box stores or bookstores or, you know, even some of the pagan stores I've gone into where it just, it feels like they're there to sell you something rather than invite in. I mean, we spent 
I can't remember how long I was there just that first time talking to you. I think we geeked out over tarot cards. <laughs> yeah, we geeked out of cards. Your stones that were everywhere just kept staring at me and I kept finding myself wanting to look around and come back and go away and come back. But it really does show that you have all these community things. You have practices going on in your store that I never seen in other stores. Like I know that you do tarot or you have practitioners come in and read cards. You said massage therapists, which is great. You have Reiki people come in, but what is this NGH thing? Oh, I'm a certified hypnotherapist. Ah. And I'm a National Guild trained, and I'm in the process of learning NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, from my same hypnotherapist teacher. The, ah, good, good eye. Yeah, because that's not something a lot of practitioners know or even blend it in with paganism. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah. Yeah, so um, hypnosis and in particular NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, is the short memo is that it's all about the reframe. And if you think about magic and manifestation and what witches and pagans are doing when we create magic or we're doing manifestation, we are creating the reframe. Like we're reframing as we think, so we say, so we do. So the more I learn neuro-linguistic programming, the more I'm like, it's magic. It's like the core elements of magic because we can't manifest or create anything that we first can't visualize in our mind. We see that in witchy, witchy, I don't know if that's a PC word or not, but we see that in so many witch practice practices that we need to, we have to have a clear vision of what we want to manifest. And I always say to folks, like, doesn't matter how many candles you burn for a particular spell. If you can't actually see you achieving that goal, it doesn't matter how many candles you burn. If you haven't done the inner work, if you haven't done the ref- the reframe to me, Hypnosis, hypnotherapy, it's the same thing, hypnosis, hypnotherapy, and NLP, they just organically integrate with Reiki, with my Reiki practice, with my tarot readings, with my healing work, with all the things I do. Wow, that's amazing. It's, it's really great to hear that these things are actually something you blend well, and that they blend well together. So I'm just going to bounce back just a minute, because I'm curious, what was the first tarot deck you bought? It was, I got it as a present. The first one I bought at this point, I honestly couldn't tell you because the first one I got were given to me. I still have it. It's the Morgan Greer Tarot. So my best friend and I have the same birthday mm-hmm. and we're four hours apart and we would go to the, that occult store together. And before our birthday, we each got to that store and bought each other a deck. Nice. I gave her the Aquarian Tarot and she gave me Morgan Greer Tarot. Oh, so. Nice. Um, yeah, that was my first deck. And then in my early 20s, someone gave me the Mother Peace Tarot. Mm-hmm. At some point, I was given a right away. I've come back to the right away later in life, but in my early days, I, I, it just did not work for me. Right, no. Yeah. You know what? That's the same as much for me. I, we all come to the right away. We look at it. We put it aside. But we somehow always come back to it later in life. It's I don't know if it's the fact that we just want to be different as baby pagans or baby witches. I want to have my own unique style or the way the deck is. But then we, even my clients, I, I use the rider weight. I don't know why. Yes. Isn't that funny? And I had the mother piece. I couldn't, I'd like to look at the cards. I really appreciated the source material and the energy and the intention of what they were seeking to create by creating a 
deck, but I couldn't actually really read with it. I could pull a card with it, but I couldn't, I couldn't get it to talk. Mm-hmm. But then I got the book. I liked the book more than the deck. At least the book made more sense to me. It was the first time I saw like this other approach mm-hmm. than just the writer with that pictorial guide thing that just was like a different language. I didn't get it. <laughs> and then, then I started collecting decks um, in that time period. And then I got into the writer using a writer weight in my t- mid twenties. I, I hung in there for a long time just to really work with just one deck. Then we'll just ask right now, what are you using currently? I'm a tarot geek. Yes. I use different cards for different things. Of so course. if I'm here in my home and it's um, a close friend coming over, I still, I still have that same Morgan Greer deck, mm-hmm. which I tried to give away no less than three times. This is like the witchiest story of my life. Like, <laughs> cause you, I did give that deck away three times and all three times to three different people. And all three times it came back to me. <laughs> and each time it was gone, it was gone a shorter amount of time. Like the first time it was gone like two years. The second time it was gone like six months. And the last, the third and final time I gave it away right after my daughter was born, I just was feeling like I was going backwards. And so I was like, forget it. I'm never going to master this. And I gave the deck away to my best friend at the time. And she had it for two, not even two weeks. And she brought it back, put it in my hand and said, I don't know what you need to figure out, but you are meant to read these and you are meant to do this. And like, this is your work and this is your deck. So figure it out. <laughs> I kept it up to that. So um, I use that at home private for myself or friends. I really love the Daughters of the Moon Tarot. Uh, I don't know if you know that, the colorized version. I love that deck. I also like the Green Witch Tarot. Those are my top favorite, the Green Witch Tarot. At the store, I use the Rider Weight when I'm reading for, much like Jamie was saying, when I'm reading for clients, especially if a client is new or nervous or feeling closed, it, the Rider Weight seems to be a good deck for me to bridge with them. Cool. This is your first time, and Jamie doesn't get to talk now because this is your turn. I am walking into the door of Arwen Tree. What will I see? That's a great question. The first thing you probably will see is there's a table right in the front of crystals, different palm-sized crystals from like classic things like amethyst, chrysocolla, howlite, selenite, peach selenite. There's a whole bunch of crystals on that front table. Most people then gravitate to the right, and we have um, Arwen Tree has all these repurposed furniture like that you would have like in your house like hutches I really love hutches mm-hmm. like things with glass doors and stuff so if you most people flow to the right and you'll come to our incense cupboard it's a big glass china cupboard um with like handmade hand-rolled incense in these big glass jars yeah that's like I love that card it's like the cupboard of magic and then um then there's like a little t- sidewall table area of different smudges and incenses and sweetgrass and mugwort and all kinds of things like that. And then we have candles, tarot decks, we have silver and jewelry, and at the back are the books. Cool. And what's your favorite little corner of the store that you, when you walk in, that's the first thing you check? It's not necessarily where you stay, but it's like, I walk in, does it mean, does it, or does it change? But on a regular basis. We have a, sh- I, it's my personal shrine, but the store has a shrine. So the oh. very first thing, yeah. So we have a shrine. Um, I work in a, with the Orisha. So I have, um, I'm in a spiritual house. So I have a shrine that's for Elegua. And Elegua is in the African diaspora. He's an Orisha and um, is a gatekeeper. Elegua has, to keep it simple, there's like a, another aspect of Elegua called Eshu. And Eshu is the shrine at the store. Oh, okay. 
and LA Gua is at my home. So it's they're similar energies, but they have different jobs. Nice. So my first stop is the shrine to greet it. And there's like fresh, cool water is offered. And uh, so that's the first stop. And then I think the second thing I noticed is we have a beautiful statue, um, a wooden carved statue of Lakshmi came from Thailand. I don't really know all of her story. I mean, she's life size. So she's like my next, yeah, she's pretty amazing. She's my next favorite piece. I kind of say hello to, mm-hmm. but probably my shrines are the first thing. And then I try to be totally honest. And I think other things are like, when you own a space like that, you just start noticing all the things you need to fix. Right. Right. But that's why I want to know what you actually, when you, when you walk in, what do you think of the first thing that you need to do? Yeah, I think of the spiritual things, and then I move to the, mm-hmm. oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. And I have a fast-paced brain. But you kind of need that when you're operating a store. You need to have a little bit of both, where you go in, you have, that is a spiritual center, as well as your spiritual center at home. And then you have to go into the practical, what am I going to do today, or what's going on today, or who's coming in to practice today? How do you go about buying items, either the stones or even decks or books, for your store, because it is such a unique space. There has to be some, is there some rhyme or reason when you go about purchasing items? Very much so. Uh, This definitely harkens back to when Melissa and I, that's my friend I opened the store with originally, but I still feel the same way. Like we very much from the out of the gate want, we did not want our store to be like just another witch store where you walk in, it feels kind of cookie cutter. Um, We also very much have, we have both experienced witch stores where you go in and you feel like they're heavily charmed for you to buy. And um, I don't like that feeling. So we work very hard to like charge the store with Reiki and energy and to smudge and to elevate the vibration. And when I pick things to buy in the store, I want them to really like feel like they integrate and fit the mission. We do have consigners. So we have a lot of handcrafted things, um, like a lot of hand wire wrap jewelry. We have like handmade scrying mirrors from another local person. So we do have uh, local made consignment pieces. Sometimes I meet people when I'm just out traveling around and I might really like what they do. And then I talk my way into like, you should put this in my store. Um, Cause I really want it to feel unique and different. And I like it to be ever changing. I don't want it to feel like this, that same old cookie cutter. I go to trade shows. I belong to some indie portals. There's indie portals where you can shop for other indie producers. So like our greeting cards are indie made in the U S by artists. So like there's different ways. Sometimes I find people on Instagram and I just message them and ask them, do you wholesale? Nice. Yeah. That's neat. I like that because again, you're getting uniquely handcrafted items into the store that most stores won't ever have. You're supporting local artists because as Carolyn kept telling me and showing me throughout Western Mass, there are a lot of artisans in the Hamptons, the North, North, Southeast, West. And it's really nice that you're blending and pulling in work from local artists to sell and to let others you know see as they come through yeah I really like to be able to say like where this sourced from and that it's supported like hey there's a real human on the other end yeah I mean there's a real human on the other end I suppose everywhere but like a like a small batch human that hey I like either have met them or met them through Instagram and we chat DMing or some some real human contact I like that so you hear that listeners Winifred's always in the mood for new artesian, new handcrafted items, so you never know if you want to hit her up for it. Earrings. 
We can't give a shout out. Earrings. <laughs> Earrings. Okay. Did you hear that, folks? Earrings. Earrings. Indie decks. Indie tarot decks. Indie tarot decks is great. So then I guess the next question, because you mentioned it briefly, is, well, what advice would you give to readers who, for example, going into your store and they're like, oh, I want to do readings in a store. What advice would you give to them on how to approach the owner? And what do people do to, when they want to approach you? Yeah, that's a great question. If you wanted to know how to approach me, and I would imagine most shop owners, the first most important thing is to find out how they want to be approached. Like, how do they want their introduction? Mm-hmm. I've had people come in when it's extremely busy, and I might be interested in speaking to them, but it's just like terrible timing, and that's just not the moment. And if if they aren't ready to at least leave me information or to follow up with a follow-up way, like, you know, emailing me at another time, like it's probably going to drop through the cracks. I think that the best way to approach a shop owner is to first to go look on their website and get to know them or follow them on Instagram and see if they have something. Some stores post how they'd like to be approached. I'm giving that advice. That's not on my site. No. I prefer that someone like email me or contact me. And I really want to see that they, a certain level of professionalism. And I think that that's what most shops want to know because if you read at my store, that's like my baby and you represent the store. And so it's important to me that because I'm a reader as well, I want to make sure that I know my customers are getting the same caliber of care. Um, As you would give them. Yeah. So I would think that that's one of the top priorities for a shop is to find out how they want to be approached. Are they looking for readers? You know, they may not be looking for readers and uh, be ready to offer a free sample and it should be free. Be professional to be like, you know, be able to showcase your professionalism, like let them know how far in your journey you are. And that's why the sample reading is usually expected. Nice. And what is it that intrigues you when you get a good reader? What little sparks for you? Yeah. First off is ego. Like if someone's got a really big, if their ego comes rolling in, like they're God's gift to all things tarot or that they're all, they're super psychic or they're never wrong. That's to me like a red flag. Mm Mm-hmm. I want someone who's down to earth, grounded, much more spiritually oriented. Yes, I do feel tarot can have a predictive nature and I'm really, I'm very much an intuitive reader, but um, at the same time, I want someone who's pragmatic mm-hmm. and also is going to be discreet. It, I want a candid reader that's going to be compassionate, but also be responsible and respectful. So there's, you know, you, got, you all read tarot. So if something distressing is in the cards, um, are they ready to deliver that in a safe and appropriate manner. You don't want to sugarcoat it away, but you also have to make sure you don't deliver something and like send them off needing therapy. Like, right, right. I initially look for conversation a lot about like how they, if, if they seem like their egos in check is important to me, if they seem like if they're there really to serve the client as opposed to themselves. Mm, okay. Probably the first things I'm looking for. Is there anything else you tend to try and look for? Hey, that's a good question because I just had to bring in two new readers for my psychic fair. I like to approach, I personally prefer to approach people. I watch for a long time and then I get readings from them and then they might not even know they're auditioning for me. And then I'll see them at a certain level. The two new people, two gentlemen, it was, I'm really super psyched. They're in the L, I never say all the letters right, LGBTQ. That really, I was really super stoked about that to like kind of, because we have, I, in my, Big fair, we, our big fairs are just four readers. We have um, two women and two men, so that's kind of really nice to have that balance. Mm-hmm. 
So I definitely look for, let's see, so A and B, like I like to approach people. That's something that I prefer to approach them. I look for a certain humbleness. I look for really a strong spiritual angle. Like are they really like in a container? Can they really create a container for the client? And can they deliver? I look for how they deliver not awesome news. Mm -hmm. Their boundaries. Those are some of the other points, I think. Like how are their boundaries? Interesting. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about your store as part of, you know, the selling points of it. Like you sell crystals. Oh my gosh. She sells fabulous crystals. I bought a few (laughs) books. You didn't have my book on the shelf at that time, but you did, you know, accept a few things about it. I do now. Yay. No, sure. Sorry guys. Sure. Shameless plug on my end there. But you also talk about bringing community or having Tree be a community center. You mentioned that you do a psychic fair. I know that last month you had, or at least East Hampton did a street fair, street festival type of yep. thing. So you hold psychic fairs in with the community as well as part of your store. However, I also know that you branched out kind of and started doing some new stuff online where you have something called the witching well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like what inspired you to start doing this and how can people sign up if it's open? So the witching well is a a long, long time in the coming. It was like a second seed project of Awentry. So, you know, when I opened Awentry, there was the internet, but it hadn't become what it is now. As the internet has grown and I've moved more and more into the online realm and being able to reach more people that way, Something that I experienced this in, in the local area, like people seeking community mm-hmm. and that most people are solitary and eclectic and they want all the benefits that a coven provides, but they may not be able to, or feel like a coven's the right fit, but they want the perks and the benefits and the, of the, of the, the shared community, the accountability, the uplifting, the being there, the teaching, the access and like really building something together. It might be a scheduling thing. It might be about spiritual agency. So I, I really started to see this need and like, I wanted to respond to it. And it's like a second vision of mine was to create like an online magical community that basically it's kind of, it's a collective, not a coven. Okay. But that's kind of like my short memo. I'm not bashing on covens. I've been in some myself and they definitely have wonderful things they offer, but I want, I feel like the modern witch, the modern person, there's other things that come with the coven that might not fit. And I wanted to offer a lot, like people will come in the shop and be asking for access to teachings and they wanted teachings from a pragmatic, authentic source where someone was very down to earth about it because I'm a Taurus. So I have a Scorpio rising Pisces moon, but I am a Taurus. And so I'm very much much about your magic's got to be real. It's got to be pragmatic and it's got to fit in your life because if it's not fitting in your life and not maintainable, you're not going to do it. And if you can do it, it's going to transform your life. So I created the Witching Well as an online magical community so that it could reach more people, honestly, because there's people in the Midwest um, that call the store and I mail them supplies, but they don't have any community. So I wanted something that that went further than just the four walls of the store and further than the town so I could reach more people, like to help provide that container. And that's, that's the Witching Well. That's very cool. So what sorts of events or lessons do you do in the witching well? Is it a once a month gathering that everybody comes into and works together on? Or is it kind of like, I'm a student of the tarot school and they have sent, I'm part of their correspondence course. So they send me lessons. I do the homework. I send it back and they verify it. We have a mentorship chat ad nauseum. 
Can you give us a taste of what goes on? I could. I don't make them do homework. That was like a <laughs> people do homework. I'm in correspondence things where I do the homework, but I'll, uh, I think, and there are those of us that do homework, but I think I'll, again, I feel like if it's not, if it doesn't easily fit in your life, you're not going to do it. So I did not put homework into the witching well. Not that there's anything wrong with homework. And sometimes I think, wish I kind of did give them homework at times, but it's like a magical membership. So each month they get, we have a focus and the year is mapped out, like we're heading somewhere, like all the, each month's focus is building a foundation and it goes on past one year, but I definitely want to map out a year. I wanted folks to feel they could practice their craft as was within their own spiritual agency with confidence and capability. So each month we have a focus where we focus on one specific teaching. Um, you came and were a guest expert on um, magical journaling. So like the first month we talked about journaling and keeping a magical record and book of shadows. The second month we talked about what it means to be an empath and how to have boundaries. The third month we worked all on protection magic and, and granted like mm-hmm. this is a month, like, so we're introducing the topics. Yeah. Now July we're doing um, looking at synchronizing your life and your magic with the wheel of the year, like the big view of the wheel of the year. So you can align yourself with it. So the whole thing is about giving people real hands-on skills so mm-hmm. they get a workbook. We do a workshop. I bring in guest interviews. So I'm looking for folks that can speak to the topics, hopefully, that we have in each different month. And then there's a community. So we have a community forum. And we are doing our first physical meetup. So if you're local to East, East Hampton, we're doing our first meetup. So once a season or maybe every other month, we'll do an in-person meetup. Well, those are all fabulous things. I know that even though I was kind of privy to a little bit of some of the stuff, because how I really connected with Winifred was through uh, me and Carolyn teaching a combined tarot and writing course, and we gouged Winifred to come and spend some time. So she had some great questions. She showed me a little bit of um, one of her workbooks. And as she said, I was kind of one of her experts on magical journaling and record keeping. But it sounds amazing hearing you actually describe it in the kind of the the marketing way, the promo way that I haven't been introduced to it yet. It makes me excited. and makes me really wish that I can be a part of this because as much as I've been a pagan, I've never done a wheel of the year in its entirety. Never. And so I kind of made my own wheels, my own cycles. But I love the idea of you introducing what it is. But how does how do you actually fit into it, especially in a modern time where not all of us go and we harvest the wheat, you know, or we pull out all that other stuff. So I really love this approach. And yeah, where could I sign up? What you know? What's give me the deets, lady? Uh, okay, so <laughs> I only just the witching wheel only just began in April, and it's currently closed because I brought in founding members. So at the moment, um, the doors are closed and that's why I can really focus on and nurture the time with my founding members. And I'm actively getting feedback. We've shifted the witching well, like we shifted from, we do, I do magical coaching calls. Um, so we added a workshop in and took one of the calls out. So my founding members are helping me shape it to be, because I really, it's a, it's a community thing and I really want it to be serving. So the doors, so it's closed right now so I can nurture the, my founding members and the doors are going to reopen on September 9th in the fall for a short while. So you can get on a wait list and then you'll be the first to get an invite. You'll get some emails from me about that and you can be the first to hear when the doors open again and you can come on in and check it out. If you go to my Instagram, which is Awentry, 
Uh, it is, I believe, the second link. There's like a link three there. And I'm pretty sure the Witching Well waitlist is the second link. And I can get you the actual URL after the call. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. So what else is going on for you? I know, you know, I'm kind of leading to something specific, I hope you mentioned. But yeah, what else is going on for you, Alwyn Tree, the Witching Well of what are your plans for this next half of the year? Oh my gosh, I have so, I'm very visionary. My brain goes very fast. So I have lots of things I'm working on. So this store has workshops. You know, we do like a monthly moon. Shout out to Don Rising. She hosts, she facilitates an open moon. Christopher Penzak's coming in the fall and teaching a workshop at the Owen Tree. I'm super excited about it. So we have like workshops happening. I teach Reiki. In two weeks, I'm teaching um, a one-day tarot intensive. So rather than stretching out, what you might learn in a beginner tarot class, it's going to be like a one day dive in deep with me. And we're going to get you on really understanding the structure of tarot. That's called jumpstart your tarot. That's coming up in a couple of weeks at the store. That's an in-person. I go back and forth. I offer online classes and in-person classes. And then in the bigger scheme of things, I really want to pour my love and my energy into the witching well. That's like my near and dear pet project. That's what's really near to my heart right now. But I am working on an Oracle deck, which is probably what you're talking about, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I am the writer of the Oracle deck. So remember, my best bestie, Melissa, who opened the store with me, she's an, a fabulous illustrative visionary artist. So she is creating the images. She's painted. They're all done, actually. She's painted them all. It's like about a 42, 45-card deck. And it's a Oracle. We co-created the system. And it's a combination of all our shamanic, witch, pagan, fairy seer work, kind of this integrative deck that's for visionary healers, witches, shamans, and seers that want to have an Oracle deck that they could either do readings with it for themselves or maybe use when they were doing healing work with a client. So my role is to write the book. <laughs> is that what you're hinting at? Yes, because I got to see some images. I think even how you approached it was that we were in the store talking and I think you actually didn't have any images with you. You had to call Melissa up to stop by and bring them because you really wanted me to see them. And the artwork was just fantastic. Yeah. I, I really hope that you two both either land with one of the bigger publishers and are able to get it out. Or if you, I, I don't know how you've decided to, you know, publish it or go the traditional publish route, but when it does come out, or when you are seeking, you know, an, the audience for it, we'd love to have you and maybe Melissa back to talk about it so that we can throw it out there and, and get it the recognition it needs. Yeah, that's very exciting. You've actually provided me some great coaching about how I can get, because I have a very, as you can see, I have a very full plate. I run a store. I run the witching hall. I have, um, I'm in a spiritual practice. My spiritual practice, I spend a lot, well, much like any witch, I really do spend a lot of time on my practice. Like I have shrines to tend to on a weekly basis. I have a very full plate, but mm -hmm. you, you were amazing like, giving me some great ideas about how to break the writing down into smaller Good. chunks, which Melissa thanks you profoundly because that means it'll, we're, we're really waiting on me to get the book done. That's really where we're at. I really push for uh, like a crowdfunding. Is that what we call it? Crowdfunding. Yeah. Crowdfunding. Um, I really pushed for that in the beginning, but now I might be swinging Mac back more. Melissa pushed for wanting to go through a publisher and I really pushed for going through crowdfunding. We maybe we'll do a little bit of both. I'm not sure yet, but for sure. Awesome. That'll be super exciting. So we can find you on Instagram. We can find you on Facebook. We can find you in person. <laughs> and again, if we want to get on to the Witching Well online community, we just get on the list. And all of these information will be in the show notes, which is very mm -hmm. exciting. Last but not least, is there anything you want to share 
that we haven't touched on that you, that just came to you in the moment? Well, we'll have either of you, you guys, you all read. Yeah. Read in a store setting or approached a store or I'm just, I want to, I have a question for you. <laughs> I got approached by a store in town. Like you said, I've gave them a free reading, showed them what I can do, told them about kind of my philosophy, my process, how I interview a client, do the reading, ex- exit the client to try and get back for more readings. But it didn't last long because when I went there, there was nothing going on. You know, I just sat there and I felt like I was sitting and not reading and I was instead of editing my book and whatnot. So for me, it's it's one of those weird, interesting things curiosities to where I'm like, I don't know if my style or even me is a good fit for a store or if it was just, you know, the wrong type of store. So eh, you never know. And I've never read in a store. I've usually read at events. I've done in-person readings, of course, like you do. And I'm going to be doing more of that as the year goes through. And I'm actually looking to think about going into a store maybe once or twice a week, once or twice a month. We'll see how that works. So this has been very insightful to me as well. So that was great. Because again, the local stores for us generally have a plethora of readers. So that's the hard part too. Because I'm in a place where I have a lot of different shops I can go talk to. Right. Here's my big tip. Build your own following. Yeah. Then promote them to, I'm going to be at the blah blah on this day and try to pre-book them as much as you can. Because for readers, you do have to have a lot of downtime where you sit and if you're waiting for walk-in, any given day, something could affect the walk-in traffic. Mm-hmm. So or you can, social media is your best friend. A really great tip I learned is that you could, you could do one of those social media in your stories. You could do a poll and then you could reach out to the people that, depending on the, what kind of question you ask them, can you ask them a question about getting a reading and then you can engage them. The more you can put your own flyers up and, build your own, like really talk to your person that would really benefit from getting a reading with you and your style and bring them into the shop, the more valuable you'll be to the shop. And also it'll be more fun for you because you'll feel like you got kind of off to a good start. So did you hear that listeners? Now you know how to do it. You get everything going on the outside and then bring it on into the inside. Yes. And she is, yeah, you can't see this, but we can. And she is nodding profusely. Yes, this will help. And also it helps promote the store. That's the good thing about doing that mm-hmm. sort of thing. This has been lovely. Thank you, Winifred. We've talked for, oh my goodness, it feels like a long time, but not very long at all, but it's been great. Thank you for taking your time out this evening, as I know you're on the East Coast and we're on the West Coast, so we will send you happily back, unfortunately, leaving our nice coldness (laughs) for the people who are inside with air conditionings and let you get back to doing all the lovely things that you do, and we look forward to hearing more and hearing more about the witching well the deck that's coming out. You didn't tell us the name of it, by the way. I'm hinting, hinting, hinting. Oh, Oracle of the Seer. I'm going to say that wrong. Oracle of the Seer? Yes. Okay. I always say Seeker because that's in my other language. No problem. And we look forward to maybe taking a trek out next year when we are out for Reader Studio and then maybe staying and getting up to East Hampton, if not and sooner. And teaching some stuff. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Oh, yeah. Sure we would love to. love to do that. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you and fun. Thank you. Welcome. All right. we thank you, everybody. From the circle. We will release the circle that is around us and say thank you and bright blessings. Thank you for listening to Tarot Visions, a podcast for the modern oracle. To keep the conversation going, please find us on Facebook at Tarot Visions US. 
or follow us on Twitter at tarot underscore visions.